Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping new and aspiring instructional designers get the knowledge, skills, and confidence to stand out in the field and land their first corporate instructional design job. I'm your host, Jill Davidian, and think of this podcast as a way to put my over 20 years of corporate ID experience in your back pocket. I've helped over 500 new instructional designers successfully transition into the field, and I know what hiring managers are looking for. Whether you're looking for a career change and exploring if instructional design is right for you, or you know you want to become an ID and have no idea how to get started, you are in the right place. Join me each week for actionable guidance as we explore how to build your portfolio, transform your resume, and interview with confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career. So you may have noticed that the last two weeks I have not released a podcast episode. And I will tell you, this is one of my worst fears when I started this podcast is that I was not going to be able to be consistent and have an episode every week because, you know, life throws at you all kinds of different things. And I really didn't want to let you all down. And that may be one of the reasons why I didn't start my podcast for the last couple of years. And even though people were constantly asking me when I was going to start one and it happened, right? Like my worst fear happened. I didn't get out a couple of episodes But the important thing is I am back and I want to thank everyone who has known what's going on for your prayers and love and all the support that you've sent my way. I really, really appreciate it. For those of you that don't know, my mom actually had brain surgery a couple weeks ago and I am an only child. So all of that falls on me. She is older. She's almost 80. And so it's just one of those things that you have to manage with your business and with life and all of that. I know many of you as you're transitioning into a new career have a lot of the same challenges in terms of having to take care of your family, take care of maybe elderly parents, have other things going on, have to work full time while you're doing this. And sometimes life really gets in the way, right? But the important thing is that you jump back in and you keep moving forward. You don't let that setback be it. You don't say, you know, oh, well, I had a couple of weeks and I didn't make the progress that I wanted to make. So I'm done over with. I can't do this anymore. I give up. Right. And sometimes we do that. Right. I've done that with weight loss and eating. Right. I'm just like, hey, I'm going to eat well. And then I don't. And then I'm like, oh, screw it. I didn't eat well. So I'm going to fall off the wagon. Right. Completely. And that oftentimes happens. But the important thing is that you don't do that and you get back on, even if you have a little bit of a setback. And so I'm here. I am committed to you all. My mom is doing well. It was a long couple of weeks, but we are on the other side of it and doing well. And so, like I said, I appreciate everyone who has reached out and shown me love and support during this time. But I am back. I'm here to start the podcast episodes up again, give you all value. We just had a little blip, but I am definitely going to be a consistent moving forward and hopefully even record some episodes in advance. So when things like that happen, I will be prepared, right? I have learned my lesson as far as that goes. So in addition to that, what's also happened over the last couple of weeks is that we brought in and welcomed a new cohort into Applied Instructional Design Academy. So there's also been a lot going on on that front. We ran a workshop. It was a free workshop for five days on how to transition into instructional design, where I laid out the roadmap for what it takes and what you need to have in place and what hiring managers are looking for to really stand out and get hired in the instructional design field. And then we brought in a new cohort, which I'm really, really excited about. One of the things that I wanted to let you all know before we get started with today's episode 
is that many people weren't able to attend that workshop and or were not able to join us in Applied Instructional Design Academy because April is kind of a busy time with finals coming up for a lot of educators, end of the year things, you know, just a lot of busyness going on. And so we are doing an encore. So we have never done this before, but we're actually going to be running an event that's happening this weekend where we're going to play the videos from that five-day workshop along with some of the bonus sessions we did that were interviews with people who have transitioned into instructional design from education and other fields. And we're actually going to play those videos in our Facebook group, meaning you can jump on and watch them with other people at a certain time. So it's not like watching a video on your own time where you're just kind of watching it and you're by yourself and no one's watching it with you. We're going to be playing the videos at certain times in our Facebook group where everyone can comment at once. And it's kind of exciting to be able to watch it together, ask questions, I will be in there. There will be members of my staff in there to answer questions. And then we will also be doing a Q&A session on Zoom where you're going to jump on and ask me any questions that you want. And that is all happening this weekend. There is not a sign up for it. We usually have signups for our workshops, but we're not going to have a sign up for this one. You simply have to just be in the Facebook group. The name of the Facebook group is Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career. You can jump in there. And we will have a schedule in there of the different times. I don't want to go through them all right now because, you know, it's a lot to kind of rattle off. But we're going to have a binge session on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. And that is the 21st, 22nd of May, 2023. But I just want to let you know that that's happening so that you can catch up and watch those videos if you missed the workshop last month, either because you were busy or because you didn't even know it existed. This is a great way to get my formula for transitioning into instructional design. I'm going to be talking about the things that need to be in your portfolio. I'll be showing examples, lots and lots of good things to really help you know exactly what you need to do to be able to stand out in the field, to actually successfully transition, not just learn some things, but actually really get an instructional design job. Now, the other thing that's happening is if you want more support. So if you really want help with getting into instructional design. You want somebody who has been in this field for 20 years right by your side, and you want that accountability. And just like I was talking where life happens and sometimes we fall back and we maybe take a little longer to get to our goal or we don't accomplish anything for a couple of weeks, sometimes it's a little harder to get back up and get going and have that encouragement and have that actual path for how you're going to get to your goal rather than trying to figure it out by yourself. Not everyone needs that. But if you feel like you really do need that support and you're interested in joining Applied Instructional Design Academy or getting more information, we're definitely going to have more information this weekend as well in my Facebook group. And we're going to have a cohort opening up at the end of May. So yeah, you heard that right. We just had a cohort start at the end of April. But we had a lot of people from that time that said, hey, I want to start this, but I can't start in April I need to wait till the end of May because I need to wait till school's out. And so we said, okay, we're going to let you defer till the end of May. And we're going to have a cohort at the end of May, a month later after we just had one start, which we've never done. But due to demand, people really wanted to be able to start a month later. And we had a large enough group that it made sense. And so since we're going to have that cohort starting anyway, if anyone else wants to join in that, that is an option as well. And so you can definitely either go into our Facebook group or you can get more information on our website as well at learningstrategyanddesign.com. And so 
There is more information there on Applied Instructional Design Academy. There is a place to set up a call if you want to learn more. Lots of ways. But anyway, just want to let you guys know that there's this extra cohort because other than that, we won't have one starting until September. And so a lot of people really want to hit the ground running for the summer and really maximize their summer because once school starts, it gets really busy. And so I wanted to make sure that you all knew that was an option. All right. So moving on, we are going to be talking about kickoff meetings. So this is a question, and actually someone just asked recently if we could talk about this. And I know this comes up a lot. Kickoff meetings are a little bit of an elusive thing. Let me first explain what a kickoff meeting even is, and then we're going to talk about what are you doing during a kickoff meeting? What is the goal? What information are you trying to find out? What questions are you asking? All of these kinds of things. How do you run one? Who's running one? Okay, so what is a kickoff meeting? A kickoff meeting is the first meeting to start a project, to kick off a project. And so in this case, we're talking about an instructional design project or a training project. So there is a need for training for some reason. And so a learning solution needs to be developed. This kickoff meeting is the first meeting to discuss that learning solution. So to figure out how is this project going to proceed? How is this learning solution going to be developed? All the things to have that domino effect start and all of the dominoes start falling into place, right? It's that very first meeting. Pretty much every training project or instructional design project starts with this. So if you're creating a one-hour e-learning course for your client or your company, you would start with a kickoff meeting. If you're creating a 20-course curriculum for a company or for the company you're working for, you would start with a kickoff meeting. It doesn't matter how big or small the project is, unless you're maybe doing like a one-page job aid or like a really quick, quick reference guide, and that's really it. You may not need a whole kickoff meeting. But if you're doing any kind of e-learning or virtual instructor-led training, you definitely are going to need one. So this kickoff meeting can be run by different people. And so a lot of people ask me, am I, as the instructional designer, supposed to run the kickoff meeting? Or is it run by someone else and I just show up? It depends on if you're working a full-time job and this project is at your full-time job or if it's a contract. And even then, it can depend on other factors. But often, if this is a full-time job, you are usually the one that is running the kickoff meeting. If it's a contract, often you have no exposure to this client before because they hired you for this contract to create this course or this series of courses. And so how can you run a meeting for a client on these courses that need to be on XYZ topic when you've never worked with them before? Like you're brand new. The kickoff meeting is often your first introduction to the client. And so you can't run it because you're brand new. You're trying to find out what's going on. And so with a contract, you're usually not the run running the kickoff meeting, but with a full-time job, you often have more background because you're at that company every day and that training need came into your department or to you and then your department or you decided that you were going to pursue it and you were going to help whoever this was in the company that you're working for create this training. And so you have more knowledge around it prior to the kickoff meeting than you would if you were on a contract. And so that's usually the difference. So with a contract kickoff meeting, if the instructional designer is not running it, who is? Usually it is the major stakeholder, which we often call the project sponsor, 
which is the person who commissioned the project, the person who said, we need to create training on XYZ and pulled together the budget to do it. This is often somebody who's in a leadership position. It could be a manager. It could be a director. It could be director or manager of a training department. It could be a director or manager of the sales department because it's for sales training. But it's somebody who said, we need this done. And so that's kind of the difference between who's running it. So if you're on a contract, you usually just show up. Otherwise, you have to have the agenda and you're running it if you're working full time. Now, who is attending a kickoff meeting? Typically, it's all of the stakeholders that are involved. What is a stakeholder? A stakeholder is anyone who has an interest in the project. So this could be several different things. It could be what is called a subject matter expert. I've talked about subject matter experts on this podcast before. They are the people who are knowledgeable about the content. As instructional designers, we are not experts in the content for the training that we are creating or designing. We have to work with someone at that company or in that department who knows what it is. So for example, if it's sales training, we have a sales expert. If it's training on a certain product line, we have an expert for that product line, whatever it is. And so that person is the subject matter expert. That often is not the same person as the project sponsor. So say, for example, the project sponsor is a director of the department who says, we need this training, but they're not the subject matter expert because they're a director. They're kind of high level. Like they don't really know what happens in the weeds and what needs to go in the training. If I had to work with the director to design the training, it would be awful because they don't do the day-to-day work. So they bring in a subject matter expert who's not a manager. They could be, but let's say in this example, they're not. There's someone who works on the manufacturing floor and does the job that we are designing training for. So they can actually teach me the job, but they're not in charge of budgets. They can't commission the project and say, let's do this, but their boss or whoever can bring them in. Well, those subject matter experts sit in this kickoff meeting. The project sponsor, like I said, is definitely there, the person who asked for this. So even if you're working full-time for a company and you're the one running it, somebody asked you to do this project. And so Somebody needs it for their department. That could be your own internal department. Maybe your manager is a project sponsor, or it could be another department in the company. Also, if there's any other instructional designers on the project, they would be there if it's a bigger project. If they're going to be using any services like a graphic designer, or if there's maybe an LMS administrator, LMS is learning management system. So at the end of the day, if it's going to go into a learning management system, that person might be there. So any ancillary functions, those people would be there. That is usually it. It's just anyone who has information to supply, can answer questions, is going to be involved in the work, all of those kinds of things with regards to this project. Now, there are certain things that you want to walk away with or you want to to know, understand at the end of this kickoff meeting, there's information that you're going to need to get. This information might be given to you. So depending on if you're running it and you're asking all the questions or if you're really showing up and you're doing a lot of listening, a lot of this information may be given to you, but you may also have to ask. And so you want to go through, I'm going to give you a list of things that you want to make sure are covered, whether somebody else just mentions them Or you realize, oh, I'm going through this list and like five things on this list are mentioned, but the other four aren't. I've got to go back and ask these questions, right? You want to walk away knowing this information. Now, this is at a high level. Keep in mind 
that you're going to have lots of meetings after this to really dive deep into the content. Because remember, you are not an expert in the content. You've got to learn it, but you're not learning it in this kickoff meeting. Do not think that you're going to become an expert in anything, that you're going to be able to develop your training off of this kickoff meeting. That is not the point. This is the starting point to have that process continue. So these are the things that you want to make sure you're clear on. Some of these you may know prior to the kickoff meeting, but if it's a contract, you probably don't usually have a lot of information. So the first thing is, who is your audience? Who are your learners? You want to make sure that you understand and are very clear who this training is for. You want to know some basic characteristics about them. You want to know what their level of knowledge is with this material. Are they beginners? Are they advanced? Some demographic information. You want to know what's worked in the past. Have they had training on this topic before and it didn't go well? Or is this brand new? Are they new to the company? You want to make sure you really understand who this is for. Now, are there multiple audiences? Because sometimes there's like a manager training and then a regular employee training. You want to make sure you understand that. You also want to know what are the deadlines? This is where you're going to talk about timelines. When does this project have to be completed by? And are there interim deadlines? Or is that your responsibility? Because often it is as an instructional designer to come up with the interim deadlines for when your storyboard is going to be done, your design document, your alpha, and all of that. And we talked about the instructional design process in another episode. And so if you want to learn about that, there's one about how um, it's, I can't remember exactly what the title is, but something about Addy and Sam, which are two instructional design models. And so you can learn more about the process there. But there may be certain deadlines that the stakeholder has in mind, interim deadlines, but if not, then you're going to create them later. But you want to make sure that you know what that drop dead date of when this thing has to be completed is. And if there's certain constraints or parameters or, you know, all of that kind of thing. You want to know what the stakeholder or the project sponsor, because they said that they wanted this to be done. What is their goal for this? What do we want learners to be able to do, know by the end of this training? Like what behavior needs to change at the end of this? Um, What is important for that project sponsor? What would be successful for them at the end of this? Because uh, after all, they commissioned the project, right? Then we want to find out what the gap is. So if this is what learners need to be able to do to be successful and what we need to make sure that they're able to do and the behavior that needs to change with this training, what's happening right now? Clearly something isn't happening right now. And so what is that? Are they just not performing on the job or is it because they're new? It's not because they're underperforming. They're just new. What is currently going on that is not where people need to be, which is why we're starting this training, where do they need to get to? And what is the gap? So what gap are we trying to fill with this training? And the next thing is, why now? Why the urgency? Why is this important now? You know, why didn't we do this five years ago? Maybe we did and it didn't work. And now we're trying a different approach. Why is this important right now? The next thing is what source content is available? So yes, you're going to have a subject matter expert that you're going to be working with, but hopefully you're not just pulling things out of their head and having to interview them, which sometimes does happen because there is no source content available. But if there isn't, you need to know that and you want to ask that in this meeting. But if there is anything, like if there are manuals or PowerPoint presentations, somebody's presented this information not in a formal training like you're going to complete 
but they've done something. Or maybe there's some kind of recording somewhere, there's previous trainings that have been done that weren't that great, but they want to redo them and they have some good content in them. Or maybe you do have to do some interviewing and recording of things that the subject matter expert tells you to get things out of their head. you got to know where's your starting point? What are you working with? And if they do give you some source content, like say they give you some manuals, are you putting everything from the manual in there? Or what are the important topics we want to make sure we're covering? And what can we leave out? And are there things missing? Because they may hand you something and they say, this has three topics in it, but actually want to cover two more. And that's why you're creating this training, because the one we have with the three topics is not sufficient. The next thing is that you want to know if they have a preferred approach. Are they set on this being e-learning or virtual instructor-led training? Or are they open for you to do some needs analysis to determine what the road approach is? So often on most projects, a full needs analysis is not done. Often the kickoff meeting is kind of like the micro needs analysis. And we talk a lot about this in the podcast episode I did on um, Addie and Sam. The Sam model for instructional design talks about something called the savvy start, which is really having a kickoff meeting and getting all these questions answered and kind of doing this Uh, mini needs analysis to ask all the questions and get all the answers rather than doing a full-blown needs analysis. And so that's a lot of times what happens. And sometimes the company has already done a needs analysis, depending on if you're working full-time for the company, if it's a contract and you're just coming into that company, they may have already done some of this legwork. So you want to talk to them to say, okay, do they know? Because maybe they already know based on lots of different factors But if they don't really know what the learning methods should be or what they've determined that they prefer it to be, then you want to know that. You're not going to decide in the kickoff meeting, but you can take that back and do a little bit more um, analysis around that. Now, even if they do know what they want it to be, it may not be what you think is the best thing. But again, you just want to know what's in their head so you can go back and think about it and kind of come back to them when you create the design document with, with more information. The next thing is you want to know if there are certain tools that they want you to use. Now, you may already know this because they've already told you prior to hiring you or prior, maybe if you're working for a company and there's only certain tools that that company uses. So this may not be a discussion. But if it is, like, for example, are they using Storyline for e-learning? If you have not had that discussion prior, you definitely want to have that discussion. One of the last things that you want to find out is who are all the stakeholders involved? So if you've got several people sitting in a meeting, you want to make sure you know who all is sitting in the meeting and what part do they play in the project. So you don't want to just have a meeting with a bunch of names and no one introduces themselves and you have no idea who's who. That's one of the most important things that happen during a kickoff meeting is that you actually understand who all the players are in this project and everybody's in a room together so that when there's emails start flying back and forth, you know who to ask questions to, you know who your subject matter experts are, etc. You want to make for sure that you know who your subject matter experts are, that you have their contact information, because like I said, the kickoff meeting is not where you get deep, but you are going to have meetings with the subject matter experts after the kickoff meeting, where you're going to get deeper and you're going to be able to ask questions. Now, you may have to go review the source content first, if there is any, and really hone in on what questions you have. If there isn't a lot of source content, Maybe they're going to do some kind of a demonstration for you or walk you through certain processes. All that's going to happen after the kickoff meeting. Usually the project sponsor doesn't want to be involved in that because they're getting in the weeds. 
but you need to know who those people are and they need to know who you are. So if you email them and say, hey, SME, we need to meet about this. They're not like, who? Who are you? Why are you here, right? You want to make sure you have their emails, phone numbers, if applicable, all of that. The last thing is you want to make sure you identify next steps. So everybody's on the same page. Is it another meeting with the subject matter expert to dive deeper? Maybe you don't need that or you are going to wait until you go through the source content to determine if a meeting is needed before you create your design document. So typically you talk about the design document, when that's going to be completed. Maybe you don't get that far. It just depends on how much source content is available and how many meetings might have to happen for you to get to where you need to go. But usually the next piece after the kickoff meeting and you've met with the subject matter experts, however much you need to get what you need, you've gone through all the source content, is you're going to create a design document. And so you want to make sure that everyone is on the same page about what's coming next. So those are all the items that you want to walk away with at the end of the kickoff meeting. You want to make sure that you're clear on all of the things I just mentioned. Some are going to be handed to you prior to or during the meeting. Others you're going to have to ask about. Of course, if you have any other questions that are high-level questions, remember, we're not getting into the weeds. We're not asking about the content. We're asking about maybe overall goals and all those kinds of things. Or any logistics questions, you want to make sure that those get answered as well. So hopefully that helps you. This meeting is usually about an hour, so you don't want to spend too much more than that, maybe 90 minutes at the most. One last thing I want to add to this is that you sometimes have new subject matter experts on these calls, and so they have no idea how to be a subject matter expert. And so sometimes a part of the kickoff meeting is dedicated to explain to the subject matter experts how review processes are going to work throughout the project and really how to be a SME on this project. So that's another thing that sometimes gets thrown in, either with you leading it or with the project sponsor leading it. But it really depends on if the SMEs have been SMEs before, if that piece is added in. So hopefully that gives you a good idea of what kickoffs meetings are and how to conduct one and also all the important things that you need to walk away with at the end of the kickoff meeting. As always, if you have any questions or want to discuss, you can do so in our Facebook group. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. Did you have a moment of clarity? Maybe you have some additional questions. Let's discuss in my Facebook group, which can be found in the description below and in the show notes at learningstrategyanddesign.com slash podcast. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Let me know if there's a specific topic you'd like me to cover or a guest you'd like me to have on the show. You can also check out more resources for breaking into instructional design on my website, learningstrategyanddesign.com. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career.